You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Just going to read a scripture, and then we're going to watch a quick video. And, uh, yeah, and then we'll go from there. But before I do that, I, I just was thinking of just the song that, that Tom sung for us this morning, or this just uh, a few seconds ago here, and, and uh, just reminded of the scripture. I think it just reminds us of, of just the love of God for us. And, and uh, first, first John 4, 9, it says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And I think today is just such a, a, a beautiful reminder of how we are imperfect and he is perfect and how he came and he rescued us. And uh, and I know myself and I know many of you this evening, I know we're just so, so grateful for that reality that, that he loved us and uh, and that he continues to love us even when we mess up, even when we make mistakes, even when we're not kind of walking that the, the road that he calls us to walk. Sometimes we stray a little bit, but he loves us through that. And uh, I don't know anybody else that loves me the way God loves me. And I'm so, so thankful for that. So again, Tom, thanks for just sharing that song with us. Luke 24, if you have your Bibles this evening, we will have it on the screen here. So uh, don't feel like you need to find it in your, in your scriptures. Luke 24, verses 1 to 12, I'm going to read. Here we go. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they had entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wandering about this, or wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the brothers with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. We're just going to watch... A short clip. He has risen. Hey, I love that, that short clip because it just, I think, brings to, into perspective and just what, what took place that day going into an empty tomb and just seeing the linen and Jesus not in the tomb. Amen. 
You know, the work, work of the cross was, was the beginning. And, and if it, if it ended there, then it was all for nothing. Right? It would have been all for nothing. But, but no, Jesus rose again on the third day for me, for you guys, and for the other seven billion people that are on her planet. He rose again for each and every one of us. The word risen, perhaps, um, perhaps it brings many words to mind this evening. Um, some of them could be celebration. In some ways, we're, we're celebrating together tonight. We're having fellowship together, but we're celebrating. We're here for, obviously, because we meet every Sunday night at 5.30. But tonight, we wanted to, to celebrate together, to have fellowship together, to have food together, to, to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. We sometimes, uh, maybe some other words would be hope. When we think of He is risen, we think of hope and we think of joy. I think of purpose. I think of assurance. I think of His love. There's all these different words that come to mind and perhaps for you there's some other ones that you can think of even now. But one word that really sticks out to me, um, one word that, that speaks to this amazing truth about he has risen, is the word life. The word life. Now, when I say this word life, very, very often I'll, I'll use this word. And I, um, I use it in a, in such a way, sort of in a sense of like, kind of like using it in a trendy sort of sense. I might say the words like, let's do life together. Or how God designed us to be, do community together, to do life in community. We use that word, and it's kind of a trendy word that we use in the church circle. And uh, But it's so much more than that. I'll still use it that way. I will still say, let's do life together. I will still say, let's do life in community, because that's what God designed us to do. But I'll also want to use it in a different way. Tonight... What I'm talking about is this whole idea that in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are offered life. We're offered this life. And it's not just a, just a normal life, but it is fullness of life. That's what we're offered. A new life in Christ. In John 10.10 10, it says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I don't know anybody else that can offer that to me. But I know Christ offered that to me. Because of the finished work of the cross and his resurrection over death, because Christ defeated the grave, we are given true life. We are given the life that he intended us to live, this life in him. That's the life that he gave us. The, the Apostle Paul um, in Philippians Two, he modeled this to us. He, he used these words in Philippians 2. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, we are all, we're all breathing. We're all alive. We we have this life that we're living, but are we walking in Christ as Paul walked in Christ? Paul, the one who, who hated God, the one who uh, 
persecuted the followers of Christ in the early, in the early church, had this personal encounter with God. And this experience transformed him from the inside out. He was alive, but then he started living when he met Christ. So many people are alive, but, but it's when they actually meet and have an encounter with Jesus Christ that they begin to actually live this life that God intended them to live. Life in Him. The same God that transformed Paul's life all those years ago is the same God who can transform our lives tonight. That's the truth of the, of the gospel is that it's not something that happened 2000 years ago, but it's something that continues to happen and can happen in our hearts this evening. So tonight I was thinking of this word life and, and I thought I'd break it down a little bit into an acronym. And, uh, this, this list that I will have for us is not going to be an inclusive list, but I think it'll cover some major points that God invites us into through a, through a relationship with Jesus Christ. These are some things I believe that, that begin to take, can take place in our, in our hearts when we invite Jesus into our lives. So the first one is, is L. And this word stands for liberty. Second Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Or another translation would use the word freedom, but that didn't work for me on, you know, my acronym of life. It could work in F, but I have another one for that. So, so I'm gonna use just, just liberty. Um, yeah. God, God's the author of liberty. He is, he is the author of freedom. 17 years ago, which is in, crazy to believe that that time has gone by so quickly. Um, 17 years ago, I encountered God and surrendered my life to Him. It was in July of 1998. And, uh, so hopefully I did the math right. Um, the reality up to this point was I thought I knew what true liberty was all about. At the time, I had this attitude that, that I could manage life on my own. I had this mindset that, that God was out really to make my life boring. I've used sometimes that word that God's like a killjoy. That was sort of how I felt at one point in my life. I just wanted nothing to do with him. I didn't want someone controlling me because that's how I saw it as well. I saw God as just this individual that just had a bunch of rules that I needed to follow. And, and I just found that that was just not what I was very keen on. And so why would I want to follow somebody that just was kind of like this rule giver? I believe that true freedom was all about doing what I wanted. That's what I thought true freedom was. What, what felt good to me. If it felt good, that's what I wanted to do. And I believe that, that the result of this would be fulfillment. The life that I was looking for. I tried all sorts of things. Some of you have heard my testimony, but I, I experimented in lots of different areas. But at the end of the day, what I was searching for was not found in all of these other aspects of life, but truly it was found in Christ. The opposite was happening. The so-called freedom I was being offered from the world was truly a counterfeit. It wasn't, it wasn't true freedom. It just looked like true freedom. 
And it started subtly, and then over time it became more and more, I became more and more entrenched in this counterfeit freedom that was leading me down a path that, that really was not going to be very fulfilling in any way, shape, or form. It was actually leading to a life of bondage, a life of hurt, a life of pain, a life of trouble. It was leading to a life of regret. It was leading to a life of despair and hopelessness and hurting others in the meantime. You know, it never started that way. I wasn't hopeless when I first started kind of journeying and kind of exploring life and checking it out. It wasn't hopeless at first. But there came a point where my life was full of hopelessness. And there came a point where I knew, I knew through a series of events that I knew where to turn. And then things changed. This counterfeit freedom was, was doing the opposite of what I was hoping for. It was this vicious spiral or vicious like downward spiral. What I thought was, was gonna bring that freedom, that liberty, was actually going the opposite direction. But when Christ became the center of my life, that's when true life began to happen. I was feed, I was freed from worry of the future. I was, I was freed from my past mistakes. And I was free to live in the fullness that God had for me. And what God has for me today. It's like he, he takes care of the past stuff. At the cross, he takes care of, of all of our past mistakes. All of the things that we regret. All of our hopelessness. All of the pain. He, he can just, he, in just one moment, he just removed that, can take that away. And then, and then the beautiful part again is that he sets you up for, for this incredible future. It doesn't mean that there won't be these ups and downs and some challenging times, but he, but he, 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 he gives us a hope and a future. And I just, again, being able to walk in that every day has just been such an amazing reality for me. And just knowing each day that I can wake up that I have purpose, that I have this assurance, that I have this hope, that I have this inner joy that just isn't dependent on circumstances, but is dependent, or is, is just, it's this joy that only God can give. See, you can't expect to live free if the sources you're looking to are not God. So many of us, we look all over the place for things to bring that fulfillment. We turn to lots of different things. But this evening I'm here to say the, the one thing that we can turn to that will truly fill that void is Jesus Christ. True freedom is only found in Him. You know, many of us are, are carrying things around. It's like you have this, this backpack on. Or rock, rock sack. Rock sack. I just learned that being the Canadian that I am. No, it's, uh, rock, rock. Rook? Rook? Depends who you're talking to. If you're a northerner, right? A northerner like a few of you here, then it's, it's rucksack. Yeah. But if you're, uh, it's, it's, uh, rucksack. Okay, got it. So the point of this is not my lack to be able to say what I'm trying to say. This backpack, full of, it's, it's full of things from your past and full of things that we allow control our minds and about the future. And, and today we need to, we need to be reminded that Christ died 
and rose again so that we no longer have to carry these things around anymore. We can, in a sense, if I had my backpack with me right now, those things can be full of our past. And he wants to come and just take that off of you. And he has that ability to do that. So let's skip over to the next one, the letter I. This stands for identity. You know, today, we live in a world, we live in a world that, where, where, where always labels are placed on us. Maybe it's because of your race, your background, your upbringing, what you wear, how you look, where you shop, the job that you have or you don't have, the home you live in or may not live in, how much or how little money you have, the people that you hang out with, the list goes on. These are all, we get placed with these labels. We get placed with these labels. And sometimes those are the, those labels become our identity. But that's not what God ever intended, that we would be labeled by that. But in Christ, we are told that, that, that we are new creations. In Christ, we're new creations. It doesn't matter the background. It doesn't matter our race. It doesn't matter where we shop or don't shop. It doesn't matter how much money we have or the lack of money we have. None of those things matter at the cross. We are new creations. We are children of God. We're, we're loved unconditionally. Someone needs to hear that tonight. That you're loved unconditionally. No matter what's gone on in your life, no matter what could take place in the future, God loves you unconditionally. And, and sometimes what another powerful truth in that, that love, that God loves us unconditionally is that God likes you. He likes you. And I think sometimes that is such a, a, a an amazing reality. The scriptures also say that in Christ we, we lack nothing. In Christ. This is this identity that we can that we can carry, that we would lack nothing. It also says that we're his workmanship. He wants to, he's building and working in us, and we're in this, we're in this process, but we're his workmanship. It also says that we can overcome things in Christ. And then, and that we're forgiven in Christ. In other words, we're not known according to the value of the world, but who Christ says we are. And, you know, this identity brings life and love. It brings purpose. It brings peace. It brings assurance. This is what this identity ushers in. So, you know, if your past is ugly, you can exchange it for this. That's the beauty of the cross and the resurrection is that you, you don't have to continue on living this identity that, that maybe somebody has told you that you are or you've believed you are, you can walk in this new identity that God has for you. If your past mistakes are, or if your past is full of mistakes, you can exchange it for this new identity. If you struggle, you know, sometimes I struggle in the area of confidence. But, but God, He can, He can just bring this new identity of just completely trusting in Him and knowing Him 
and believing what the scriptures say about me. Sometimes it's easy to believe what other people have said or what you've believed about yourself. But it's God's word that it, it steps in and it's, it's what is truth. It's the thing that's truth. Tonight, you can, you can step into this new identity. You know what? Sometimes it's easy to be kind of saying that maybe if you're not a follower of Christ in this room, you can, you're, you're invited into this new identity in Christ, but there's so many of us, even as Christians, that, you know, I'm 17 years in, in the faith and others, it's 40 years and 30 years and 20 years and, and, and still there's these, these lies that you believe about yourself and his, and, and tonight, through, you know, at the end, when we take time just to pray, we can just pray about that, that God, that you would begin to believe the scriptures and what he says about you, that you're a new creation, that you're God's child, that you're forgiven, that, that, that you're his workmanship. The next letter in life is F. Stands for family. You know, tonight I think, this is like this beautiful picture of family. People coming from all different places, just coming together and chatting together and having fellowship together. And it's just like this big family. In Galatians 3.26 it says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. We become part of his family. Romans 8 talks about receiving adoption and being co-heirs with Christ. We're adopted into this family of God. You know, we have full access to every heavenly blessing, and the heavenly blessings are good when we become a part of the family of God, better than anything you could ever find on your own. You know, some of us in this room are not very fortunate. Maybe you've had a really broken family. You've had a, a family that it's just been trouble after trouble after trouble. In Christ, you can be a part of a family and part of this, this group of people and, and, a, and a, as I said, a co-heir with Christ. Be God's child in this beautiful family where you can just know him and know the true love that he has for you. I'm fortunate. I grew up in an amazing family and I have an amazing family. Um, my mom and dad gave me so much and, uh, and have given me a lot. But, but compared to being a part of the family of God, they fall short. They've, they've given me amazing things. They continue to do amazing things in my life. But, but compared to what Father God gives me, compared to what I can have in Christ, it, it outweighs what my family did. It's not that I'm not thankful for what my family did, but God is the one that can bring that true fulfillment that I need. Being adopted into the family of God doesn't mean you're entering into a perfect family, right? I mean, if we looked around tonight, I think we could quickly pick out, I won't point any fingers, but of people that are not perfect, right? We're all kind of unique individuals and we have our quirks and we have our we have challenges with each other, but yet we're this, this family. But you are stepping into a life when you enter into a relationship with God. Where you can, where you have this perfect dad 
And the scriptures talk about, we can call him Abba Father. The most intimate term that anyone could use. Abba Father. And he wants to lavish goodness in your life. Like my parents lavished good things in my life. He wants to just like multiply that in your lives. When we accept God's invitation to salvation, we are adopted into the family of God. You know, sometimes I think when I'm sharing about these different things, and I have one more to share about eternal life, that's the next one. It's like you can talk about it, but it's so important that Holy Spirit just begins to massage your heart and work in your life and 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 you begin to actually experience this reality for yourself. And you know what? That that comes from maybe listening to what I'm saying, but then saying, God, would you, even in this moment, would you make that real to me? Would you make this whole idea of family and a new identity and this freedom, would you make that a reality in my life? I hear what the guy's saying with the mic right now, but I want to know it in my heart. That's where the rubber meets the road. When we just, when we open our hearts up to him and say, God, I want to truly experience this for myself. So the letter E is eternal life. Many think that eternal life begins once we pass away, right? This is, this is true, but we will one day pass away. But that death will only be for a split moment. The apostle Paul in Philippians 1, He talks about this. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And then he says, I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you. He was talking to the church of Philippi right at that point. But it's more necessary for you that I remain. He was torn. He wanted to be with Christ. He wanted to be like in the fullness of the presence of God. And yet he knew that it was better at the time to to stay here, like to be on, on earth and just teaching and equipping the church to do the work that God had called them to. What he's telling us is that there is a promise hope, right? This whole idea in, in Christ. There's this promise hope, a place where there will be no more pain, no more suffering, a place where we will forever know God's Glory in all its fullness for all that put their faith and hope in Christ. But we don't have to just wait for that day. I remember when I first again became a Christian and it was, it was all about, I just can't wait to get there, like to, to heaven, because then everything will be amazing. And then I remember the first time that I understood this whole idea of your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And I began to understand this reality that, that God wanted to invade, that God wants to invade our lives. He wants heaven to be, to, to invade earth and so that we could begin to impart, um, experience the kingdom of God right now. When I began to really understand that, that was such an incredible truth to me, such an incredible reality that I didn't have to wait one day, like I just kind of be in misery for this life and then the next life I get to live in this amazing glory of God, but that I could begin to experience in part that today. John 17.3 says this, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God 
and Jesus Christ, who, whom you have sent. Today, in part, you can begin to experience and know heaven. We live in a broken world. We're broken people. But God wants to come and invade our lives. He wants us to begin to experience heaven today. He wants us to experience heaven today. True life begins right now. Eternal life can begin for all of us today. And for some of us, obviously, it has begun. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.